You're listening to the King's Place podcast. kingsplace.co.uk Hi and welcome to the fifth in a series of mini edition podcasts looking at the King's Place Festival 2011. This runs from Thursday the 8th to Sunday the 11th of September. This is the fourth King's Place Festival and the unique formula of 100 concerts in just four days gives you a series of exciting speed dates with King's Place's yearly programme. At this year's festival, pianist William Howard has put together two different programmes, one celebrating some true masterpieces from Chopin and Schumann, and then his second concert focuses on modern works written for piano over the last few decades from Judith Weir, Howard Skempton, Pavel Novak and Piera Hallowell. We were very kindly invited to William's house to meet up and discuss these upcoming performances. It's quite an interesting programme you've put together for, for King's Place for this time round. I've always enjoyed putting together programmes for King's Place because I always feel the freedom to do really slightly different programmes and we've been encouraged to do interesting programmes there. And in this case, I've chosen two completely different aspects of my performing life as a pianist and gone for a programme of purely romantic piano works. And right next door to it is a programme of works that have been written for me over a 27-year period. So they're all um, pieces that I love playing, but they're commissions of my own. Let's start with the with the, with the Chopin and the, um, the, the the Schumann. That how do you put put your own mark on music that's obviously been played a lot and interpreted a lot of times before? Uh, it's a very good question indeed. <laughs> and in in the case of these particular pieces, I've that piece I've heard all my life and heard some of the greatest pianists in the world, living and dead, playing them. But they are chosen for a reason. I, mean, I, I, think, I think we all feel there are pieces we can bring something very personal to. And I'm not saying I, saying I play these pieces better than Horowitz or someone, but I, do, I feel I bring something of my own to this repertoire. And for instance, the Chopin G minor ballad I started learning when I was 17, which was a very, very long time ago. <laughs> and I've been performing it ever since. And I love this work so much. And I feel I've brought years of my own experience to it. Um, Schumann Humoresque is slightly different, um, the other masterpiece of this programme, in that it's, I feel it's one of Schumann's greatest works, but it's also one of, it's one of, it's a slightly neglected work. It's not one of the piano pieces that resurface again and again in programmes. I'm absolutely amazed how many people I know, not, not just listeners, but other pianists who don't know this work and have never heard it. There's a slight sort of sense of mission here. For me, it's it's an incredibly bold, adventurous work that's absolutely quintessential Schumann at his best, but also an incredibly adventurous work for the time it was written. I don't think anyone had written anything quite like that in 1839, before 1839. It's like a kind of stream of consciousness, 25 minutes of incredible variety of musical ideas, sort of one after another. And yet it hangs together in an extraordinary way as a single piece and is a remarkable piece of, of inspirational musical architecture. Was he showing off? I think he was searching more than showing off. I mean, he, Schumann also tried to write works in a more conventional classical mode, in sort of four-movement sonatas. But I feel rather like with Chopin in the ballad, where he allows the music to make its own architecture. I think in both cases, these composers come out at their strongest when the music takes on its own shape, and you get these, this combination of perfect structure with romantic freedom, which I think make, makes for a very powerful emotional experience for the listener. 
Is there a certain amount, especially with the, with the Schumann, and obviously that's 20, 25 minutes, is there a certain amount of phys- physicality with these performances? I mean, 25 minutes sounds like quite a long time, but I mean, I'm also used to practicing at times for eight or nine hours a day if I need to. And I think part of training actually is to, is building up stamina. If you only practice for half an hour a day, then you go into a concert for an hour and a half, then you're not preparing properly. Are, are there moments then when, when you, you're building up to emotionally then, or you're kind of, is it, are the, the things that you're anticipating and, and trying to bring the audience along on this kind of journey? Absolutely. That, that's the whole essence of performing in this way. It's both the Chopin Ballade and the Schumann Humoresque, they, they take the audience on a kind of emotional journey, if you like. I mean, they, they tell a very powerful story. I hope. I mean, it's my intention is to d- develop the skill of taking the audience from the beginning of a piece to the end and making it sound like a complete whole. I'm sure in 20 years' time, I'll, I hope I'll be taking people on this journey in an even more effective way. I'm quite interested to know when you're sitting there and you, you, you know, you, it's just you, the piano, the stage, and then then you've got the audience, which I presume most of the time you can see. How do do you do you actually get a is it just a sense of how they're feeling about the music or, 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 or is, is, is the odd held breath or sigh or something which then you can kind of feed back into your performance as you're going along? I, funny enough, as a pianist, being side on to the audience, I don't see them like a string player facing the audience might see them. But I'm very, very aware of the audience. And years and years ago when I started performing, I used to think this was very subjective. It was in the mind. But I've more and more come to realise that it's not it's not subjective at all. There's a very, very real feeling of connection with an audience. If it's not there, you have to fight harder to make that connection. If it is there, you can ride on the support and the energy of an audience. It's it's something that's irreplaceable, really. I don't feel I could ever play as well in my own practice at home as when you have an audience on your side listening, all those pairs of ears. And I actually have quite an interesting story. But, but the day when I realised that this wasn't a totally subjective experience was when I was playing with the Schubert Ensemble in Sri Lanka in a British Council Hall, right on the edge of the jungle. I, I remember the performance going really well. We were playing a Mozart piano quartet, and I was really enjoying it. And suddenly, in the middle of the last movement, I felt the audience's energy draining away, almost like a plug had been pulled, and found myself really struggling to communicate the music. And as we came off after the performance, I said to my colleagues, you know, what, were we suddenly playing badly or what, what went wrong? And they said, did you not see what happened? And I, I didn't because I, was, I had the piano lid in the way. But apparently, in the middle of the last movement, a whole family of monkeys had come and stood in the open window of the hall and instantly distracted the audience, who I think were nervous they might bite or scratch or come into the hall. And, and it's absolutely true. At that moment, we lost the audience's attention. But I didn't realise the cause of it. And I assumed it was our playing. But that moment showed me that it wasn't this sense of connection with an audience isn't just in the mind. It is something palpable that you can experience as a, a sort of physical entity. And I've just accepted it. It, it is a very, very important part of the equation of performing. Um, moving on then to um, away from the monkeys <laughs> um, to uh, the, the second concert, and it can't be underestimated the the, the pleasure of, of performing a program where the pieces have been written especially for you. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think I mean I've been all through my performing life. I've enjoyed playing good music, but I haven't distinguished between music by living composers or dead composers. And I've been lucky enough to have a large number of pieces written for me and for my ensemble. I mean, several dozen over my performing life. And this contact with composers is among the most rewarding things I've done in my performing life. It's been constantly stimulating and challenging, very challenging. I mean, you, 
playing brand new works that you've never heard anyone else play before present its own challenge, but almost always infinitely rewarding. And it's a very particular pleasure to be able to put together a a whole programme of works, yes, written starting with the first piece I ever commissioned as a soloist in 1983 from Judith Weir called The Art of Touching the Keyboard, which has since been played by dozens and dozens of other pianists. It's become very much a core repertoire piece for pianists, finishing up with Piers Hallowell's Piani La Tebre, which was written just last year, and I gave the premiere in London last June, so that's quite a recent work. And they're all pieces I think are fantastic, fantastically good music. They're intensely rewarding to not just to play, but to play again and again and to delve ever deeper into. They demand a lot in terms of different characters, different sonorities. And these four pieces I'm playing are very good examples of how composers can bring such a rich imagination to playing the piano, even when so much has already been written for the instrument. Even audiences who feel they don't always get on with contemporary music get a lot from these pieces on first hearing. They're very, very different in character, very attractive, beautifully written, full of interesting and original sounds. And, yeah, I I recommend it, this programme, very, very strongly. And I hope people who come to the first concert will buy a ticket for the second and be adventurous and stay on for the contemporary works. You've been listening to the King's Place podcast. The King's Place Festival runs from Thursday the 8th to Sunday the 11th of September. A hundred concerts in just four days, a showcase of jazz and blues, folk, classical, spoken word, comedy and experimental music. Tickets are available from just £4.50 per concert with click and mix discounts available online and through the telephone box office on multiple ticket purchases. For more information and to book your festival tickets, please visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash festival. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the King's Place podcast. kingsplace.co.uk